Welcome to the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast with your host, Tom Singer. In each episode, we explore the interesting lives of business leaders, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, and others who have a healthy dose of the entrepreneurial spirit. It is time to explore something cool. Now, here is your host, Tom Singer. Hey, and welcome to another episode of Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Thank you for pulling your chair up to the cool kids table, where each episode we try to have an interesting conversation with an entrepreneur who is doing something cool in his or her business. And hopefully along the way, we bring some ideas and inspiration to those of you who are listening. Because I think if you're listening to a show called Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do, you are either an entrepreneur or you have that burning desire inside of yourself to go start your own thing, and you're looking to get around some people who have those ideas. And that brings us up to the first sponsor of this episode, which is the Cool Things Project, which is my group coaching program. The Cool Things Project Mastermind is there if you're trying to try to get to your potential. There is a gap between potential and results, and sometimes that gap can seem overwhelming if you're all alone. And so joining some sort of a group, having some sort of accountability is often the thing for you. And as we start 2018, a lot of people find this is the right time of year to get themselves aligned with something like this. So if you're interested in this, jump over to potentialmastermind.com and you'll find out all the information you would ever need to know but you can always email me at tom at tomsinger.com if you have any questions about it, and I'd love to chat with you and see if it's the right fit. So today, we have a great show. I'm excited about today's show because I ran across this guy while listening to something else, and I was like, hmm, that guy sounds cool. His name is Chris Worth, and he's the president and founder of No Quit Living. And I just love the idea of a show that says No Quit Living because I don't think you should quit. I mean... I was asked one time, and I talked about this when I was interviewed by Chris, I, talk, uh, I was asked one time, when am I going to quit as I was trying to grow my speaking business and it wasn't really working yet? Someone says, when do you quit? And my answer was, well, 100% of the people who quit never succeed. So you can't quit. You might have to retool, change your angle, try some different things, but you don't want to quit. So no, no Quit Living is a training, speaking, and coaching company that works with individuals, teams, and corporations to help motivate and inspire them to be the best versions of themselves. He specializes in helping people not only understand but maximize their success through accountability and self-accountability. He's also the host of the top-ranked podcast on iTunes, not the top-ranked, but a top-ranked podcast called No Quit Living, and I think you need to check that out. So, Chris Worth, welcome to Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. I appreciate it. Thank you very much for having me. Hey, thanks for pulling your chair up to what I call the cool kids table, but you know, you probably in high school were like the chair of the cool kids table. I don't know about that, but I was, uh, I was the vice chair, I believe. There, there you go. Hey... I hate bios, right? We read through, oh, they've got this, and Chris does that. Why don't you tell the audience who you are, what you do, what makes your company awesome? That's a good question, and I, too, agree with that, is I think a lot of people spend so much time in their bios and not about who they are and what they do. So first and foremost, I am a father of three amazing kids, eight, six, and five years whoa, old. They whoa, keep... whoa, eight, six, and five? That's, yep. that's yep. young. You know how cute they are right now, Chris? Do you, you look yes. at them? They're really cute. Enjoy it because they're going to grow up and turn on you. Yeah, my uh, my eight year old is is a little bit on the cusp of, yeah. of turning to be a little bit of a wise guy, but yeah, still wait, cute, wait cute till, enough. I can smack him around a little bit. Wait till they get into like one of the most expensive colleges in America, and you're like, do you really have to go to Carnegie Mellon? Because uh, there's a lot of cheaper schools. Well, I um 
it's a side note, but I'm glad you mentioned that. Is I'm starting the home home college <laughs> organization. A lot of people have been homeschooled at different ages. I'm going to do the home college now. My kids don't know that, nor will they agree with that. But I'm just going to tell the listeners because if I say it, maybe I'll believe it. Just make them listen to like our podcast for four years. They'll learn. A lot. <laughs> no, so I appreciate you asking us. So yes, uh, f- father of three, which is a job in itself. But I. I started no quit living a couple of years ago and I played college basketball and tennis and I coached AAU high school and, and college basketball for a couple of years. So I've always had the coaching concept in my blood, I guess. And I've always been fascinated by successful athletes and successful business people, entrepreneurs. And the one thing that fascinated me is looking into them and, and reading about them and watching them is I realized that the difference between a superstar versus a star wasn't where they went to college or the fact that they were just that much stronger or tougher it was the fact that they held themselves to a higher level of accountability than the people that were on the were just a step below them or just a notch below them and i, I became fascinated early on with accountability and self-accountability and that's been the mo behind our company and you talked about potential and results which rings really really well in our company because we're launching a a program that we've been doing for the last few weeks heading into the new year in the beginning of 2018 is re- results versus resolutions and i think a lot of people completely miss the ball when it comes to re- resolutions and there's a statistic that 90% between 85 and 90% of resolutions are either given up on or completely forgotten by January 15th, depending upon <laughs> what you Google and how you Google it. That really stood out to me, and that's been the premise behind our program, and it comes down to being accountable. And the one thing we talk about all the time is if somebody else holds you to a higher level of accountability than you hold yourself to, you're never going to be successful in any endeavor in life. So what led you to becoming an entrepreneur? You said you did some coaching. Did you ever have other sort of corporate-type jobs? What did you do right out of school? Yeah, so I coached coached college basketball right out of school, and all through ninth, tenth grade, and and above, I ran basketball camps during the summer and the winter months with one of my best friends who played in the NBA for a couple of years. So I've always had that entrepreneurial spirit behind me, and the fact that at an early age, in ninth and tenth and eleventh grade, I realized that I could work for myself and create my own hours. But the other thing was I realized that. I had unlimited potential, and that to me was something that that would really intrigue me. So I think basically from a young age, I've always had that entrepreneurial bug, obviously coaching, you're working with another and for other people. But in some ways, as a, as a coach, you're still very entrepreneurial because you have a lot of control of what you can do. So, you know, you've always then been working for yourself, but do you look around at any of your friends, maybe some of your, your, your college uh, basketball teammates and things like that, who went on to work for banks and insurance companies and, and things like that, and then when you look at their life, and you look at your life, what is it you love about the fact that you've just created your own path? What I love is, is the same thing that I, that I challenge myself and is difficult is the unlimited potential. So definitely have a lot of very close friends and, and friends from college and high school that I'm not incredibly close with, but stay in tune with and through social media, get an opportunity to follow them. And, and there's definitely things that you look at and admire and, and kind of, I don't want to say wish that you had because like, I don't like health, in, like health insurance, health insurance and, you know, pensions and things like that. But the reality is, is to each their own. And I think for every amazing opportunity or amazing job, there's probably two or three things that that person would like to change and maybe they'd like what you have. So I think you always have to look at things both both sides of the ball and say, you know what, I like this, I like that. And I think the beautiful part of an entrepreneur is 
the more successful you become, the more opportunities you have. And a lot of my friends are, are very high up in different companies and corporate jobs, but they don't have unlimited opportunity and unlimited control of, of what they're doing. And a lot of them over the last few years have had bonuses and things that were taken away or completely changed. And unfortunately, they have no control over that. So I think depending on where you look and how you look at it, there's always the pluses and the minuses. Yeah, I mean, I, I spent most of my career in corporate America, and I worked for some great companies, some big ones, Fortune 500-type companies. I worked for some entrepreneurial kind of ventures. I worked for a couple different law firms as their marketing director. And the interesting thing was is that when the economy would stall out, they would either hold back bonuses, they would change your comp plan, or they would lay you off. And it was like, I thought this was supposed to be called job security working for a company like this. But in reality, the the only way to have job security for me was to go off and, and work for myself. So I think you're absolutely right. It's like, you know, there's, there's trade-offs, but at the end of the day, I can't fire myself. So, you know, that's, that's kind of the, the thing that gives me that level of control. I think you could fire yourself. I just don't know how it would work out. Yeah. Tom, get out. You're still here. How come you're in the car? What are you doing here? Everywhere I turn around, I'm still there. So, <laughs> Tom, stop taking my money, Tom. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. Hey, so what advice then, being this guy who's always had sort of this, this coaching mentality and this do-it-your-own-way mentality, what advice do you have for somebody who's listening to this who maybe hasn't gone that way but wants to? So they want to launch out on their own. They want, they want to become an entrepreneur or maybe just a solopreneur and, and do like what you or I are doing with, with coaching and speaking and and what advice, what would you tell them to do? The advice I, I would give them is, is the advice that I've been given different times in my life is, is to put a specific plan in place, to think out the different phases of whether it's launching a podcast or launching a different career. And I think what, what unfortunately a lot of people encounter is the fear of the unknown. So I, I define it as the paralysis by analysis. So what I say is always think about what could happen, have a plan, a very specific plan, but then put it in action. And I think a lot of people, unfortunately, don't go to that step of the action and they go, unfortunately, and gets caught up on paralysis by analysis where they look at every single potential thing and, well, what if this happens? And all of a sudden, a week, a month, five months, 10 months, a year later, you haven't done anything. So, so the one thing that I would say to you, to your listeners is, is to be specific with the plan. And the other thing that I think is, is unbelievable advice that I've been given many times is to reach out to other successful people in that field or endeavor and ask them for five or 10 minutes of their time. And the reason I say five or 10 minutes is I feel that so many people that have been successful in different walks of life have had so many different people that are mentors for them. And a mentor might be a five or 10 minute conversation. A mentor obviously could be somebody that's mentored you for your entire life. But I think the one thing I would recommend is to be humble and to ask somebody for your advice. So for example, your show has passed 300 episodes. If I was starting my podcast, I would have reached out to you and said, hey, Tom, would you give me five or 10 minutes of your time? I'd love to pick your brain. Now, you might say yes or no, but because it's very specific and I've humbly come to you and said, Tom, I'd love to to grab five or 10 minutes, you could probably spare five or 10 minutes. Now, if I said to you, hey, Tom, would you give me five or six hours tomorrow? <laughs> You're probably gonna say no. But that's the one thing that I think a lot of people in today's day and age, I don't know if it's just afraid of, of asking for help or it's just maybe it's the uncertainty of being humble. But I, I tell people is it's okay to ask for help and guidance, but do it in a professional, respectful way where you respect that person's time as well as their expertise. 
Well, and the other piece of it is I, I actually take that advice to the other person. If someone reach out, reaches out to you and wants to pick your brain, don't be one of these people who flips out. And, and in, the, in the world of sort of some of my peers, I have some speaker friends who are like, I'm so sick and tired of people calling and saying they want to pick my brain. And they say, you know, it'll cost you $500. It's like, how many of these calls are you getting? And I get what I think is a lot of these calls. I get a couple a month where people want to ask me about the speaking business or now sometimes the podcast. And my answer is always, sure. If they're here in Austin, now I do it around some parameters. If they're here in Austin, I say, great. I do, and they want to meet for coffee. I say, great. We'll do it at 7.30 in the morning at the Starbucks near my house because I'm a morning person and I live in the southwest side of the city. And some people go, well, that's too far. Okay, well, that's when I can actually meet you for coffee. It's like, you know, come on, people. You got you, you to gotta work with whoever you're asking. But I talk to people all the time who aren't willing to give anyone their time. And it's like you have to remember on your way up, there were people who gave you their time. And so I remind people all the time that just say yes to those five or ten minute calls. Do it by Skype or, or whatever because – what goes around really does come come around. And I, I guess if I was famous and I was getting 10 of those calls a day, that's a different story. But the reality is, is most people who are complaining about getting those calls are getting like two a month at most. And it's like, breathe, look in the mirror. You're, you know, you're, you're not, you know, Bill Clinton or you're not, you know, Tony Robbins, you know, chill. You can give two people a month, you know, 10 minutes or five minutes of your time. Uh, but the other thing is, is that a lot of people – like you said, they don't want to make the ask for whatever reason. And if the person says no, be gracious about it. Ask somebody else. But you gotta, you gotta try. No, I, lo- I love that you that you mentioned that because I don't talk about politics or religion because you could start World War III. But what I do <laughs> talk about is karma, and I feel I've been so fortunate to have some amazing people that have not only been on my show but have also mentored me along the way that I'm always open to to having that conversation. And I just want to share one quick story with you. I won't mention who it is, but I've reached out to a lot of people that are pretty big time as far as their field or their industry. And I got a great response about a month ago. The gentleman basically told me that he he would love to be on my show and he charges $5,000 to be on the podcast. So I, um, <laughs> I, po- I politely said, you know, I, we've had some great success. Uh, we've been featured in some, uh, some magazines and things. I said, but unfortunately I'm not at the place where A, I would and B, I need to pay $5,000 for a half an hour guest interview. Yeah, that's uh you know, that that's a person who I don't know. I I I I I don't even I don't even want to go there. But the other thing is if you get that 5 or 10 minutes, not everybody's advice is going to be awesome. It's not all going to gel with who you are, but don't discredit it in front of that person. So I had someone call me the other day and they were really interested in having like a speaking career and they had done some homework and they'd run across me. And, and so we had a, had a meeting and in the meeting I said the number one thing I did that helped me launch my speaking career was I joined the National Speakers Association and I got really involved for like three years. And what that did is it exposed me to a lot of different people who were doing this business a lot of different ways and that you know I thought that was the smartest thing they could do. And they were like, no, I'm not going to do that. I, I don't want I don't like that organization. I looked into it before, but and they just discredited it. And then I said, well, but it was the single number one thing that helped me. And they're like, I don't think it helped you that much. And it was like they were just discrediting every word out of my mouth. And I'm thinking, like, why are we here? You don't have to join. Just don't belittle my advice in front of me. No, that's uh, that's silly to ask someone for advice and then uh, 
to negate it right in front of them. <laughs> so you were talking before about uh, uh, resolutions and results. So in part of what I train and what I teach and what I do in my coaching program and, and my onstage programs is I talk about potential. And there is this paradox around potential because there's a gap from between potential and results. So how do you think entrepreneurs can work their way across that gap from the potential that they have to the results they need in order to be successful? That's a great question. And, and as I mentioned in, in my early part of this interview is we talk about accountability and self-accountability. When it comes to accountability, we have three A's that we use. Number one is application. Number two is action. And number three is attitude. And I think the biggest thing is the action. And from your concept of what you're talking about as far as potential to results, I think what, what people and where people kind of miss the boat and, and miss the ball is the step of action is you can have the best preparation, you could have the best homework, you could do the best analysis, but if you don't take any action, it doesn't matter what you do. And the reason I share that is because massive action taken, even if it's not the best action, is still going to be more successful than the best ideas and the best concepts, but with zero action. So I think that's one of the areas that, that we touch on quite often. And when our, with our program dealing with resolutions versus results, that's one of the big things that I think people completely miss when it comes to resolutions is they come up with these goals and these objectives. And what they don't do is, and I felt I fell under this trap myself, is, is they don't have a specific plan of action. They have these goals and then it's like, okay, I want to, like you had mentioned losing weight, you know, say, okay, I lost, I want to lose 20 pounds or 30 pounds. That's a great goal. But then when someone asks you, well, what are you going to do? And say, well, I'm not really sure, but I'm going to lose 30 pounds. <laughs> you, have to, you have to have a plan, which is important, but it doesn't matter what your plan is. It could be a good plan, an amazing plan, or just an average plan. But if you don't take any action, it, it's meaningless because you're going to have zero results. And I think that's one of the areas that, that people miss out on is you need to have a specific plan, but you need to then have a plan of attack, and you need to take that action. No, I think that's awesome advice, Chris. Hey, before I let you go, I've got more questions. But first, I have to thank the other sponsor of this episode. So this episode is brought to you by Podfly Productions. Podfly takes the time and the headache out of creating your own podcast. They set you up with the right equipment, training, and guidance to ensure that you're going to sound amazing. Podfly does all the heavy lifting and the technical work so that you can focus on creating great content, growing your audience, and interviewing really cool people like Chris Wirth. Hey, if you want to start a podcast, and I know some of you do, jump over to podfly.net slash cool things and check out the offer that they have for the listeners of this show. So, Chris, I call this show Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. What is the coolest thing you're doing with your business right now? That's a great question. And the coolest thing that we're doing is we're jumping into the social media world as far as videos, and it's not anything that is cool that no one has heard of, but it's something that's very cool for us because it's something that's unique. So we're launching some video challenges. We're trying to launch consistent content via videos. And the reason that I say it's cool and why we're excited about it is it's, it's something that we have not done a lot of, but I've been following a lot of different people throughout the personal development world, professional speaking, even the podcasting world. And I've just seen a lot of really cool things. And I think one of the things my father taught me early on is you can always learn 
from people out there. And, and one of the things I've really tried to do in 2017 and now one of my main goals for 2018 is to follow some people that I know, like, and trust in different businesses and see what they're doing and what's, what they're being successful with and try to not recreate the wheel. Now, you want to obviously put your own spin on things, but I feel that most people try to recreate the wheel all the time. And if you try to do that all the time, I don't think you're going to be as successful as trying to, some in some ways, copy what's working and, again, but have your own spin to it. So, Chris, I could talk about you and your business all day long. However... I think great entrepreneurs, I think they're observers. So I love to ask the people who come onto this show, who is someone else out there, another entrepreneur who you're seeing do very cool things? You know, it's somebody that is is not unheard of. It's Gary V, who's who's literally taken a lot of the social media world by storm. He's been he is unbelievably successful. But one of the things that that I'm absolutely enamored by Gary V is the fact that his cons- he's so consistent with what he does and the content that he that he puts out is just all the time it's consistently the same type of of really good value and the one thing that that really intrigues me about what he does is I heard an interview for the first time probably about 6 weeks ago and he was talking about working in his 20s and he was talking to a millennial and somehow they were talking about vacation time or something. And, and Gary looked at him and said, you know, you've taken more vacations this last week or this next week. I forget exactly how he worded it. He said that I've took in my 20s. And he went on to talk about how he worked every single Saturday in his 20s on his wine business that his family had. And that's the part I think that people don't get. And I think it's not a millennial thing. It's not a generation X or Y. It's that it's the shiny object syndrome is people see the end result and they say, wow, I could be the next Gary V. And I, I don't want to negate anybody's dreams or goals or aspirations. But what I what I want to express to people is you have to really look at the person from the whole. Gary V was not an overnight success. Gary V didn't do something once and all of a sudden he was knocking the cover off the ball. He was consistent and he did it day in and day out. And I was watching an interview with Oprah and Kevin Hart probably about a, a year ago and Kevin Hart and Oprah were talking about overnight success, and he went on to say, yeah, I was an overnight success for the last 15-plus years when I was performing in the dungeons of comedy uh, clubs, and there were six people there, and three or four of them came with me. And, and people don't see that. They, they see the end result, and they say, wow, I can be the next Gary Vee, or I can be the next Kevin Hart or Tony Robbins. And for your listeners out there, I don't want to definitely talk about that they can. I think that they definitely can. And there's probably a listener that's listening right now that's going to do something amazing. But you have to look at the beginning and you have to see all the work and effort that the people put in, not just the end result. Well, the Gary V's, the Oprah's, the Kevin Hart's, I mean, the list is longer than there is paper that I have on my desk here of the people who took 10 years, 15 years, 20 years before they got you know, sort of that that recognition level. And yet it's really common for people to do just what you're talking about. Somebody had me do some coaching with their son who was approaching 30 years old and he was really frustrated about his career. And so the dad said, you know, let me pay you to go spend a couple you know, hours here and there with my son. And he was really frustrated because some of his friends were starting to really pull ahead in their careers. And they were in some in the same industry, some in different industries, but some people were starting to make real money in there, like about 30. And he wasn't, he was still struggling. He'd hopped around jobs a few times, some different things. And I said, let's pick your two buddies who make the most money. And let's just use money as the guide here and, or whatever you admire about them. But in this case, it was their careers. And I said, let's reverse engineer what they do. 
And these people never took vacation. They worked. They did, you know, they were always working. They were doing all this stuff. So he was jealous of the fact that they had this career. And as it turned out, they also had lives. They had girlfriends or wives and different things. And they just, they didn't need to sit around and play video games or whatever it was. And he kind of had like a little light bulb go off in his eyes. Like, oh, wait a second. Because he spent a lot of time dreaming about his future. And these guys that he admired because they were, you know, they were succeeding more, were doing. So I think you're absolutely onto something. That, and I don't think it's a generational thing. I think you go back to 1972 and interview the baby boomers and say, which of your friends are pulling ahead? Oh, well, guess what? It's the ones who did this. And, and so I think, it's, I think it's just human nature. You, you've got to work hard to get the results. No, I, I could not agree. And just it reminds me of one thing that John C. Maxwell, who's a mentor of mine, talked about and he's spoken about many times is his father said to him you're going to either pay now or pay later yeah (laughs) well i think you always pay but one way or the other i think that's really good advice hey the last question i ask everybody who comes on the show is what do you do back what do you do to give back to the greater good because you know i think entrepreneurs want to do more than make money i think we want to leave our mark so i love to hear what people do to serve others it's a great question. And my family is pretty active in our church. We give back in different ways. My kids try to get them involved in giving back, both donating their time as well as their money. And I'm actually um, really excited because through our church, we do some things in regards to a soup kitchen locally. And my three kids, again, eight, six, and five, they've been really involved in it. And I'm seeing how they get it. And and yes, they're still young, but they're they're getting it. My whole thing, and, and you mentioned when you were on my podcast is the concept of legacy and what I want to leave. And it'd be great to leave millions and millions of dollars with your family and your kids and grandkids. But for me, it's more about leaving that legacy and paying it forward. And I try each and every day, I ask myself at night, is did I help someone today? And if I can answer that question, yes, then that's how I personally define a good day versus an okay day versus a great day. And those are some of the things that I'm trying to pass along to my kids is giving back. And for some people, it's just a monetary gift, whether it's writing a check, and, and that could be amazing for charities and other things like that. And for other people, it's what I call the sweat equity, and it's giving back with your time and your effort. And so for me, I'm trying to teach a little bit of both of those with my kids, and I think it's wearing off, but it's really a good opportunity for us to to be thankful for what we have. And I'm very appreciative, and especially heading into the holidays and the New Year's is I think – in today's day and age, there's so many different ways that you can give back. And just for us, it's through through our church right now. We're, we're being able to give back in so many different ways. Well, and I think when you uh, go to bed tonight, you can ask yourself, did I help somebody in some way? Because you helped me and you helped the audience of cool things entrepreneurs do. So, Chris, thank you. A million thank yous for being a guest here on the show and sharing your journey. So if people want to find you, they want to learn more about No Quit Living, how do they, how do, they do that? Now, I appreciate that. So the best way is noquitliving.com. We also have a Facebook page and through our podcast. Those are the three best ways. And we're also getting out there as far as via Instagram and some of our video content. But basically the Facebook page and our website and our podcast, those are probably the three easiest ways to, to get to us. And you can just find our podcast under No Quit Living if you search, whether it's iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. Awesome. Well, Chris Worth, thank you for being a guest here on Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. And I say it every show, thanks to the audience. If it wasn't for you, there wouldn't be a show. Please tell your friends. Uh, The show is growing. It's been kind of fun. Uh, I've had some really good feedback, especially when we got close to episode 300 and beyond. Uh, People were telling me the show's just got better, and I've decided to believe them. So uh, keep listening. Keep telling your friends. If you like the show, jump over to iTunes and leave a review. 
I don't know why. I just smile when there's a new review. And when a show is new, it gets a lot of reviews. After three years, pretty much the reviewer types who have reviewing on iTunes as part of their DNA have already left a review. So uh, the rest of you, it might not be in your DNA, but do it anyway because it'll make me smile, and that's uh, always a good thing. Hey, I'm going to be back in a couple of days with an interview with somebody just as cool as Chris. I know you don't believe that's even possible, but it is. In the meantime, I challenge you, go on out there and have a great day. Thank you for being part of the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast. Without your participation and listening to these conversations, there is no show. Connect with Tom at TomSinger.com and follow him on Twitter at, at TomSinger. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.